Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. One. episode 46 of the middle-aged outlaws podcast with ross and adam adam how's it going today <laughs> ah fantastic you hi i am there too aye. yeah awesome. uh, today we're going to talk about SummerSlam 2004 adam's pick this time i think it was yeah um, and yeah this was uh, this was a, a real mixed bag i think i would <laughs> I, I was while I was watching, I was kind of thinking, I love this era and absolutely hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. That makes sense to me. It was an odd one, um, but but before we get into it, let's do our usual. Um, two thousand and four, fifteenth August, two thousand and four, to be exact. Um, there was there was one thing on the internet's mind when I googled August two thousand and four. And that was the 28th Olympic Games, which opened in Athens, Greece, in August. Now, um, all the SummerSlam uh, ad, ad, advertis, ad, adver, all, all the stuff yep. promoting SummerSlam <laughs> um, was centered around the Olympic Games. They were doing these, I don't know if you've seen any of them when, when you were watching any of the, the pay-per-view or, or, or the Raw or SmackDown or anything like that. Yeah, they had some stuff on the intro for the pay-per-view, that's which right, that's right. just, uh, I don't know, it was pretty weird. It's like the Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, Big Show, kind of doing these um, traditional summer game type things, but obviously game, they're these yeah. massive guys that are a bit out of place in some of the things they're doing. It was, uh, yeah, it was what it was. Interesting. <laughs> um the, the only real things I can tell you about summer 2004, apart from the Olympic Games being on, George Bush, President of the United States, Tony Blair, Prime Minister of the UK, maybe one of the most devastating tag teams of all time, Adam. Yeah. Um, Entourage was a big TV series at the time. Um, and I've got some bits and pieces about what was happening in wrestling, with the exception of what we're about to talk about today. Um, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, made their pro debuts in August 2004. Okay. Um, what else we got here? Sable retired from in-ring competition. Wow. And, and I'm sure that was, there's a lot of fanfare about <laughs> that made. Um, yeah, not much else going on, I'm afraid. I'm going to have okay. to jump jump into the number ones. Uh I don't think you'll get any of these. And that is not to say that I don't believe in your abilities to, to think back almost 20 years. Uh, 2004 is almost 20 years ago. Um, that's depressing enough. I can tell you. Well, we'll do music first and I'll give you a wee hint. So number okay. one in the UK, August 2004. Hey. It's a boy band. <laughs> it's not a traditional boy band. Oh, what? 
They were British and they had guitars. See, before you said boy band, I decided I was just going to throw the name Outcast out there, and I thought, no, no, it's, that's that's not. It's I'm now, I'm sorry, I now it's... have no idea. I do like the idea of Andre Three Thousand and um, the other one being in a, a boy band, but but what was the other one called? Big Boy. Big Boy. Yeah, oh, I think so. Sorry, Big Boy. Summon Boy. I think <laughs> it was Big Boy. Uh, any guesses? Nah, I can't. I can't. What you've described, I can't think of. Like the band is busted. Oh, did they do instruments? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. The thong, the thong, no thongs here. <laughs> the song is Thunderbirds slash Three AM. I assume there was a Thunderbirds movie out. Okay. Okay. No getting that in. In a month of Sundays. Number one in the US is a rapper. Oh, it's Outcast. It's not Outcast. It's a solo <laughs> rapper. <laughs> I want to say he was from the Dirty South, but I, I mean, I don't know a huge amount about this gentleman. If it's a rapper and you don't know a huge amount about them, I get the feeling I'm not going to get this. <laughs> the song titles something that Adam Sandler's character and Click would do if Kate Beckinsale was running. Pause? P slow motion? Yes! Slow motion? Yes! Okay. We okay. should enter an articulate competition. <laughs> do you know the artist? I don't. It's slow motion by Juvenile. Okay. Sounds like quite an immature young man. Sure, he won't be listening to the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. <laughs> um, uh, in the in the UK box office, summer blockbusters. This is a sequel to a trilogy slash quadrilogy of films. Uh, right. Okay. Um, uh. I was thinking Mission Impossible, but there's probably twenty of them, so I don't think that applies. Say you're you're on the right lines though, as far oh, as man. what Ethan Born. Hunt. Yes. Oh, which which film would it be? Which is the second one? Born Supremacy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get in there. I needed a bit of help, but I got there. On fire. Number one in the US. You and I went to, did we? <laughs> so you and I went to see this at the pictures, but now I'm not 100% sure if we did. Did we? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mixing something else up. It's two franchises together against each other. <laughs> Is it like if, if Freddy v. Jason? It's like that. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that though. That that we we went to see that, did we? I think I, I saw that at the cinema. I can't say who I was with, but memorable, obviously. Memorable sorry, occasion. sorry. Uh, I'm drawing Beethoven a versus Cujo. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. It's not a blank. It's Alien versus Predator. I didn't see that at the cinema. Okay, it wasn't. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of Freddy versus Jason. So Alien versus Predator, I now don't know if I've actually seen that. I've got a vision of a 
pred of a predator on a hill in the snow with a big javelin thing. But anyway, mm. anywho, there you go. Okay, not quite our worst effort no. here. That, that, yeah, quite the summer. Yeah, talking the summer. Are you ready to discuss the seventeenth annual Summer Slam in the I, Bizarro World? I, I I am. I I have some regrets. <laughs> regrets. But we've not got that long. We're we good. Long ago. We, the most we've ever went is two hours. So let's... we'll touch on them as we go. Um, okay. Yeah. Seventeenth annual Summer Slam taking place in Toronto. Ontario, Canada, not Bizarro Land, as Jerry Lawler and many other commentators mentioned about a million times. Yeah. Um, maybe one of the earliest uh, examples of the crew just being, ab I would say being absolute dicks. <laughs> other people might say being marks for themselves. It's, it's funny because I've always been led to believe this kind of thing would only happen in a market where they really regularly get the shows because normally like bored of seeing it sort of thing yeah it's like oh i've seen this and you know what we'll see it again in a few months so boo but it's it's surprising this happened outside the united states to me that's surprising especially in canada aren't, aren't canadians traditionally incredibly polite nice that's what all the TV shows and films tell me. Yeah. Listen, I watched a lot of Jew South. <laughs> they always said thank you kindly. Amazing. <laughs> so, I, I'll be honest. I, 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 oh, I'll, I'll speak about it when we get to it. But, um, yeah, questionable behaviour. Certainly, the Mexican wave. Yeah, you don't do that. Nah. <sighs> Bullshit. I imagine how angry Eddie Guerrero was. Oh right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we kick off on the SmackDown side um, with the sort of, they're presenting them uh, as the sort of reunited Dudley boys, Spike, yep. Devon, uh, Sign Guy, Big Dick, Dudley, and what's the other one called? Bubba. Bubba. Bubba, Spike, <laughs> and Devon. Can't believe um, you got to Big Dick before Bubba. <laughs> and they're uh, <laughs> taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, yeah. Paul London and Billy Kidman, and their partner, Ray Mysterio. Yeah. For context and background going into this, Spike has deviously turned heel on his good friend, Ray Mysterio. I was stunned, to say the least. <laughs> um, and I assume that the Dudleys are in pole position as, or, or the Dudley boys, the tag team, are in pole position as, as far as the SmackDown tag team titles are concerned as number one contenders yeah the, the the dynamic here was quite odd going into this like i went into this colder than you did because i think you watched the smackdown before mm -hmm. um i don't ever remember an era where spike was kind of being the leader mm -hmm. of the dudleys which is the yeah. way they positioned this it was yep. uh, surprising they, they kind of had them on SmackDown just sort of going about getting in people's faces and then whenever someone would retaliate, Bubba and Devon would just be stood there behind them. He, he slapped okay. the soul out of Scotty Too Hotty backstage. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like this. I like the sound of this. 
<laughs> um, this was the. I mean, what what do you think of this match? What do you Didn't... think? So we're talking about Paul London. Okay. Okay. So, so Paul London didn't show that much on this match, but I think mm-hmm. he had a singles match with Devon or or Bubbery on the SmackDown before it, and he looked amazing. Okay, I don't remember ever really watching this guy. Yeah, what I remember when they started trying to. I think he maybe fell victim of being like pigeonholed in cruiserweight, and then right. for a while there was kind of nowhere to go. Um, from there, you'd face the same opponents all the time, and then you know it just kind of be recycled. Um, yeah, I, I used to, and there is a risk I could do it when talking about this. I used to get him and Billy Kidman mixed up, um, just because I, I think I always associated them together. Mm-hmm. And when we ended up going back watching some of the old WCW stuff, I found it easier to separate them because I hadn't seen that at the time. Was uh, WCW Paul on the night? So. Was it London? It was Kidman that was in WCW. Oh, sorry, right. Yeah. Um, So I was going back, I was able to separate a little bit better. But yeah, I don't remember either of them getting any kind of a beyond cruiserweight push. Because, like, in in previous eras, you would get it where for some guys, not for all guys, but for some guys, cruiserweight could be like a step, you know, and they would end up wouldn't happen to all that many but you could have seen you know matt hardy in the cruiserweights you could have seen Rey mysterio in the cruiserweights mm-hmm. and obviously they would have then get to like intercontinental level or something like that don't yeah. ever remember it happening with these guys mm, nah kidman is crazy to see how big he looks in this mm-hmm. at this point in time because when we look back to 1998 it's six years ago but when you look back to 1998 he's like rake thin yeah, um, in WCW, and he's he's pretty big and bulky here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised to see them with the the tag team titles on them, but obviously somebody somewhere seen something. They were wearing yeah. matching gear at least. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, requisite for a half decent tag team. Yeah, um, and I think we've both been tag team fans over the the years, so it's um, you like seeing that team dynamic. It's a mm-hmm. good thing. Yeah. Um, I I want to check how long this match went because it stunk a wee bit it, it, it took me back a little bit to see when we've seen some really good shows and they get off to an absolute flyer mm-hmm. and you're in you're locked into the show because the opening match was so good and uh, uh this it wasn't at all was it yeah <laughs> I, th- I think it's a tag team match i think it's the the usual thing of isolating and then Mm-hmm. Not doing an actual. I know this is a thing that I have a an issue about, but it wasn't. Again, they didn't do an actual hot tag. They just they isolated yeah. right. Devon and and Bubba isolated Paul London for a while, and then he just sort of crawled over and got a tag to Ray, and and then it just yeah. went absolute absolute chaos after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got in in my notes for the match that. Um... There's like cheap shots and stuff by Spike on Mysterio, but he clearly doesn't want to be in the ring one on one against uh, an upwardly mobile Mysterio, and that's <laughs> the story I think they're trying to go for here. Um, Spike is the kind of chicken shit heel, um, but somehow leading this group with his his tag brothers. Um, 
Mysterio seems to clean house once or twice, I think, uh, mm-hmm. when he does finally get in. Um, I've got a few notes of moves, a powerbomb by London on Spike for a two, but then I think from that point, everyone's just in the ring. Um, yeah. London leaping over the top rope, using Kidman as a springboard to land on Bubba on the outside. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kidman and Mysterio going for what I've just written in my notes was the old Heart Foundation uh, finisher where a guy just lifts uh, the opponent up and uh, the, the the lighter guy comes off the ropes with a clothesline. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, while since I'd seen seen that move. Um, spike on the ropes, perfect position for a 619. Uh, Kidman with a very nice shooting star sp- uh, press on Spike. Um, he had a lovely looking shooting star press. He always mm-hmm. did, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and they get the cover, but Devon pulls them out of the ring. Uh, Mysterio off the top ropes tries to connect with Devon on the floor. M- Devon moves. Mysterio hits the crowd banner. Devon hits London with what I've described as a massive clothesline on the outside. Nice. Um, Bubba's about to hit Kidman with a belt, but he fights out of it. Uh, but Kidman then runs straight into the 3D by the Dudleys. But they let uh, Spike get the actual pin. Was he the legal man, Adam? Mm, probably not. Disgusting, really. <laughs> um, and that was it. Yep. And like you say, that was the story. And it's just further in this Spike being the the little chicken shit heel, like you said. And, and it's got the yeah. big artillery behind them. Eight minutes they went. Okay. Like, I do feel like it kind of left me instantly deflated. Yeah, <laughs> and then you, you've got the whole rest of the show in front of you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And I text you saying there was a point where who who's who's lightweight or cruiserweight champion at this point? Spike. Spike. Yeah. Somebody was covering him and Taz was saying, have we got a new? Uh, we've got yeah. a new. And then and I saw a text just saying, if I missed something, and, and uh, are, they, are they, could one of them win the, the lightweight, or could Ray Mysterio win the, the lightweight championship or something? I think Taz was just having a moment. <laughs> I don't remember any reference to it, like being up for grabs, because we have seen yeah, slightly stupid matches where there's a tag environment, but one person can win a belt. Yeah. I, I don't remember it being referenced. So, yeah, so... A bang average start, which isn't ideal. <sighs> and I'm going to use the usual, the, the usual barometer of SummerSlam 2002, Ray versus Kurt. Yeah. Open the match and get you excited, and this didn't do it for us, mm, unfortunately. No. no. Um, but will the next match do it for us? That's the question. I have regret at the next match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. It's a till do us, till death do us part. Match, um, the winner gets to Malita. Interestingly, they had a contract signing on Raw on the Go Home Raw, and Alita didn't have a contract to sign. She didn't have any say in the matter, which is oh, that's, rather archaic. That wouldn't fly nowadays. I'll no, I would not. <laughs> but what I never quite got to grips with again, I hadn't watched the pre-show, but there's no. obviously discussion that this is Kane's baby. Uh-huh. So Lita's so, pregnant at this point, yes. So is there a way other than the obvious of explaining away how that could come to be? No. 
Okay. No, there is not. And I don't know if they actually went into the the, the ones and twos of how this happened. I assume they just left it hanging the way that you've just said there. Because okay. I've got my notes. So, Leah's pregnant with Kane's kid, but she's with Matt? Question mark? Jesus. <laughs> I think I think it's certainly sold as she wants to be with Matt. Um, although... I believe at this time. Are we pretty close to the edge thing being confirmed? Yeah. Yes. So at this point in time, Hardy's wrestling on a bum leg. Um, this is his last match. He gets written off after this and then he goes off the road and then that naughty little rated R superstar is licking his lips in the background. <laughs> um, funnily, uh, Kane, Kane takes on edge on the raw after this. <laughs> the 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 real battle for the baby. for Leah's heart, yeah. <laughs> and and also the um, oh my god, Trish and Jazz, Molly Holly and somebody else throw a surprise baby shower for Leah, and they've got like this framed photo mock up of what the baby will look like. It's just a baby <laughs> with Kane's face, and then. Um, Jazz gives her a vibrator and she's like, here's your real big red machine. <laughs> oh, my. Like, there were, there, were a f- uh, there were more questions I had. I mean, the, the, there is talk of the fact that they're, because on the intro, they're talking about the results of a DNA test. Uh-huh. So I'm expecting this baby to already exist. More fool me. Because, again, probably just through TV and film, I've been led to believe that it would have to exist for that test to take place. Um, but they've done the test. Uh, she isn't even showing. So, you know, they've they've done very well to get the test done in this, these very, very early stages <laughs> and just make sure everyone is clear on exactly whose baby this is. Yeah, I wonder how they... Oh, God, do you know what? I don't wonder how they got out of that storyline. I don't know what to know. Uh... This got a whole a whopping six minutes. We're, we're going, like, for an attitude era style pay-per-view here. Um, in storyline and in ring I like the finish to this match but um, yeah like what can you say about it I actually thought Lita was going to screw Matt Hardy over yeah so did I in some way but no yeah yeah, I was expecting do... some kind of some kind of turn because I've got a memory or I had a memory of the fact I think we do actually get to the stage of a storyline wedding somewhere down the line between mm-hmm. the two of them, mm-hmm. but I think Matt maybe interrupts it or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's aye. yeah. I mean, there's, there's they don't really have enough time to do an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do do, what they do do, um, Matt. Very early on, Matt hits a tornado DDT and it, it seems yeah. to drop Kane like smack bang right on the top of his head. Yeah, yeah, that didn't look good. No, um, Kane, eh, not Kane, King was making some. He, he just he must have had an A4 bit of paper with jokes about pregnancy and he just was going through them one after the other. I still He's can't, weird, I still can't work out with King if. Um, am I just done by the time it's at this era, or if I went back and listened to all the commentary from the Attitude Era, would adult me be cringing? Because I, mm. I, I really don't know. I don't know which way that would go. Mm. It's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, 
Kane goes out and outside. Hardy hits him across body over the top and then has a twist of fate on the floor. Yep. Uh, gets a nine count and then Kane just manages to get in and no more. And JR's giving it, hey, you can't beat him on the outside. And then two seconds later, he's like, he wants to get it to 10. He's going to win this match. <laughs> um, as Kane's sort of getting in, Lita grabs the ring bell and, and slides it across the ring and he, he wallops Kane with it. I thought this might be where the twist comes, but nope. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't, that only got a two. Yep. Uh, he looked like he smashed him with it. Like. It's, it had quite a noise as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Matt goes for the old flying nothing, gets caught yeah. Yeah. With a, in the choke slam position. Oh no, he, he gets he gets hit with a big boot. Yeah. Um, no. So no? what I've got in my notes, Matt comes off the top, Kane catches him in choke slam position. Matt fights out of that, tries for a twist of fate, Kane catches him with a big boot. Alright. Um Kane goes to the top rope like he's gonna do his jumping clothesline type thing that he does. Matt Hardy tries to goes up there and tries to DDT him. Yeah. From the top rope, questionable tactics. And uh, Kane hits him with a choke slam for the top rope, which was epic and I've never seen that before. I thought it looked really cool. Like I could what I like now in my again, middle aged <laughs> eyes is something that looks awesome, but you can tell from the way it's done, it's totally safe. Um, mm. And I thought this fell into that category. Like, I had zero doubt. The actual guy line in the ring is fine, but that looked awesome. So I like that. Nice. You went from the sort of Bret Hart school of doesn't hurt at all, but Yeah, don't sore. hurt the guy. Make it look good. Yeah. Right. Never watch any up-to-date wrestling, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest. Um, and that is enough for Kane to get the win. And he secures the bride. He looks absolutely <laughs> delighted. Yeah, fair play him. <laughs> like, they're giving him. He's he's doing the chicken salad thing because he is he's playing that up perfectly. He's evil, sinister, everything you want out of it. Mm. Yep. Um, <sighs> I think we've said this before, but like Kane, they they struck gold with Kane because he could be in the in the main event. It could be in the yep. middle card. It could be uh, kicking off the show in a in a meaningless match hmm, like mm-hmm. this. Chucked in um, a silly storyline. Yeah, he could make most things work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and and what happened on Raw apart from apart from later getting a surprise baby shower? I can't remember. I can't remember. But like I said, they, they end up writing Matt off. Uh, the following week, I think, during the wedding, he gets choke slammed off the stage, perhaps, um, and that's him gone until he gets fired. <laughs> I think for some reason I've created like a bachelor party situation in my head for Kane. That's where they should have gone storyline. Oh, imagine! <laughs> Would have been I mean, brilliant. Take her. <laughs> Amazing. He could have stole the limousine. Undertaker could have stole <laughs> JBL's limousine, chucked the the, the crash mat out of the back of it, and. Went for a ride around Canada. There you go. Amazing. Uh, we are backstage with... Was that top, Todd Pet- Pettingill? I've got Todd. I just wrote Todd. I'm clearly on first name basis with whoever the guy is. Not the Todd from Scrubs. Not the Todd, no. Just Todd. I yeah. think it was Todd Pettingill. Anyways, with Randy Orton. Um, and he's, he's in his suit evolution 
phase. Yep. Um, he's talking about tonight. Tonight's going to be the crowning moment of his career. He must mention about a million times. He's going to be the youngest champion of all time. Um, then he's <laughs> interrupted by what I've got here in my notes is a very annoying John Cena. It's so annoying. Like, <laughs> I think, I've, I hope I've said before, looking back, I have way more respect for Cena in the career he had. And I love the fact he came in when he was a veteran and put some guys over and things like that and had some good matches. This is just an annoying prick. It's the accent, eh? Yeah. What is the accent? Like exaggerated Boston? I think so. With like a bit of like, I'm a rapper type twang. Yeah. It's really noticeable now versus if you see him 10 years from now, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. They're, they're obviously high on him because he's interrupting yeah. the guy that's about to win the world title. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. and, and dropping breadcrumbs for I think Orton and Cena. I think that's I think they're the ones that had the most have had the most matches together. Uh, it, it it feels like it was a solid like ten year feud at one point. It was like no. every pay per view they were if it wasn't the two of them together, it was one of them against someone else. Right. <sighs> so that takes us to now for some reason this is SmackDown. Booker T is a United States champion and he's taking yep. on Cena. Uh, they're doing a best of five series. There's no indication on the go home show why they're doing a best of five series. Apart okay. from my only assumption was that Ben Wan Booker T had a, a best of seven in WCW and they liked that. So yeah. let's try and let's try and get Cena. Uh, Bruce Pritchard said on his podcast that it was their way of trying to showcase him with somebody who's been at the top. Okay. Uh, Cena, uh, showcase him with Booker T and, and yeah. show he can wrestle. Okay. Um, because what, what was the last one we watched? What, the Royal Rumble 2003. Cena yeah. came out and he rapped all the way out, and I thought that this is. A, I think I used to like this. This is really annoying. <laughs> yeah, you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's very true. Um, so, so, so Cena comes out and does not rap, and I've got that this is a good choice. <laughs> I have next to zero notes for this match. It went six got, minutes as well, and I've got a was, few. I can walk I through it if you like. Guff. Yeah, go for it. I thought it was crap. So, first thing I found quite strange, Cena is, and it's not strange looking at where they were then, but Cena's like he's pitched as an underdog. And uh, he actually, Booker T dominates the match. And it's like seen, it's seen as like an upset, I think, in the end. Uh, but Cena gets very little offense in through the match. It's kind of a brawl at the start. And uh, the announcers are really trying to sell the fact it's a best of five and the importance of getting off to the good start and all that. Um, the fight breaking out on the outside, Booker T in control. Uh, Booker T with a heel kick. And then some knees and strikes the crowd are chanting for Cena he's clearly over um, Cena with a brief comeback but a spinning heel kick by Booker T sees him regain control again, Spinebuster by Booker uh, followed by a sidewalk slam Booker in complete control for almost the entirety of the match at this stage mm-hmm. and probably just a little bit around halfway um, Cena with a small package out of nowhere for a two Booker T immediately back in control with a big clothesline. Uh, Booker T going for the axe kick 
Cena moving, both men now down. Uh, Cena with a boot and a clothesline looks to finally have a tiny bit of momentum going, but Booker T cuts him off, drops him face first on the mat. Spinneroonie by Booker T. Um, and then he goes across to lift Cena to his feet, but from there, Cena lifts him into the FU position. Uh, FU by Cena for the pin win. Uh, and that's him one up in the series. Nice. It wasn't a good match, really. Uh, I, I was trying to follow the story, which I think was massively trying to make him seen as the underdog and plucky and never give up and all that. And then stealing this first win and can the underdog then go on and win the, the best of five? Hmm. Do you not think in a, in a best of series for belts that they should exchange the belt when... yeah. The person wins because yeah. if that was a heel, you would surely say, "I beat you clean." Uh huh. I should have the title. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I've never like I can't remember how they played it with uh, Benoit and Booker. Whether the winner on the night left with the belt each time, I can't actually remember. No, nah, I, I don't know if they were specifically said that they were doing a best of seven or if it organically happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if that's, I, I mean, that's a. Uh, that's a general complaint with WWE, isn't it? It's just like, let yeah. it happen rather than... E- even with that, in the Benoit Booker one, there was kind of... They, they built it in terms of the reason for having it. Like, they, 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 they sort of played on the respect and they'd been in triple threat mm-hmm. matches and one would beat the other guy rather than beat them. Um and then they would occasionally make a save for each other when things weren't going well. But then, I don't need your help. I don't want your help, you know. And it was all built on wanting to be the better the better yeah. guy. Okay. Whereas this just does feel like, a, here's an idea. Throw it together. Let's make okay. this happen. Do this. Yep. Yeah. Disappointing. And generally disappointing so far. But it could get better. We've got a... We've, well, we've got a... a <laughs> talking of getting better... Here we go backstage. We've got um, we've got the general manager of SmackDown, Theodore Long, and yeah. he is greeted with the shit-eating grin of Eric Bischoff, the Raw general manager. Yeah. I've got in my notes that Be- Bischoff is generally behaving like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, which he is. He's been a slimy bastard talking about SmackDown general managers don't tend to last and. I wouldn't mm-hmm. bet on being here the next time we've got a dual pay-per-view and all that sort of stuff. I, and, I uh, thought when we watched that Royal Rumble that Stephanie was indicating that Vince was about to sack Bischoff. He's still here in the same job a year hmm. and a bit later. Good point. Let's Lies. go back and read. No, I'm <laughs> oh, Don't worry, player. Teddy Long says it's all good and says, I, in response to that, he says, Something about signing Eugene to SmackDown. Like yeah, that, he's gonna. Like, damn, he's he's gonna make Eugene a star like he does. He has done with all his SmackDown talent. Yeah, and he drops the little golden nugget that Eugene is Bischoff's nephew. Yeah, I assume that had been revealed on TVs in the build-up. I think it had been a thing, and they played it as Bischoff was ashamed of him and all that. Uh, but for some reason was employing him, I don't know, family favour or something like that <laughs> to Jesus be on the card. It, the whole, this whole storyline is awful. The death of WCW becomes more and more significant in 2004. 
zero competition. Just do absolute nonsense. Anyhow, on paper, we've got a hell of a match for the Intercontinental Championship. We've got the champion, Edge. Yes. Edge? Yep. Uh, defending his title against Batista, who at this point in time is a sort of muscle in evolution, and Chris Jericho. When I saw this on the card, I did not see that it only went eight minutes. Um, I thought this looks... I'm licking my lips. So that's a, like that's a that's a, a main event triple. That's a WrestleMania main event. Yeah. <laughs> now this is Edge's hometown, and yeah. this is where the uh, the crowd rear their head for the first time. I would say, um, and they just boo Edge the whole match. Yeah. I, when it started, I was thinking, is he a heel? Is he a heel here? I was even thinking, do they know something we don't about Leah? I, I was I was trying in my mind to explain this situation as it went, because they're very clear right from the start, the announcers, this is Edge's hometown. Mm-hmm. And yes. They even have him pointing at people, some like family in the front uh-huh. row or something like that. Yeah. And yes, Chris Jericho's Canadian. That's fine. But Edge should be the, the crowd favourite in this mm-hmm. match. And it doesn't go that way, and it plays out as a bit awkward because it's not going that way. But it's it does kind of interfere with the match, like right. the the ebb and flow of the match. It yeah, it's it's a bit awkward the whole thing. I feel like it's quite a clunky match in that it feels very huh, choreographed. I was going to say, but it feels very like okay, so Batista v Jericho, right? Jericho, you go out, okay. Batista v Edge now, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Now, Batista, you go out for a while. Edge v Jericho. Um, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't flow very well mm-hmm. at all. I didn't think, which was surprising. Maybe they're thrown off by the crowd. Highly unlikely. Batista be pretty yeah. green at this point, I would guess. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure how, like the the dynamic that you spoke about about there not necessarily being three guys. Um, going toe-to-toe that much in the match. I wondered if part of the reason for that was how in-ring and experienced Batista probably is at this mm-hmm. stage. It looks phenomenal. He's got a, an unbelievable look. Um, Absolutely. I, Between I, I, his I music it. and what it looks like when he comes out, it just looks like, oh my God, you think that's guys guy's a charm? Uh-huh. And I, I, I totally, it's one of those where I, I get what Vince could see and was no doubt salivating over in the Ugh. idea of making this guy a, a top star. Um, and I saw him in Glass Onion the other day. Um, oh, me too, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I, I was probably the same as you. I was quite enthusiastic for the match. And then it just didn't really deliver, which was disappointing. Most of the matches we've talked about so far with either the participants or the premise or whatever, you're a bit like, meh, I probably wasn't expecting great things, but I think I was for this, or at least very good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's disappointing. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we want to go blow by blow, because it very much was like 1v1, 1v1, yeah. 1v1, um, until... The end. There's a nice wee bit where somebody, I think Edge was going to hit Batista with the spear, but Jericho, yes, intercepts it. Um, yeah, and then Batista pays him back by smashing him with a spinebuster, which was pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, like the fans were just fully behind Jericho. Uh, this is one of the very first times I've ever thought that, you know, Jericho springboard from a second rope and a drop kick on the apron. Yep. I always think that looks really poor. I always think it kind of looks like you'd struggle to knock the person over because it's okay. more like taking the bump than anybody else. Yeah. But he did it on Batista and it looked like really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then that's basically taking us to the finish, isn't it? Because from mm-hmm. there, Edge hits the spear on Jericho. Yeah. Um, I expected him to kick out. I thought he was going to get like two and three quarters type thing. Yeah. That was it. Especially, I, I kept thinking with the way that the crowd have been, they're about to have Edge pin Jericho, and it's not going to go down very well. Mm-hmm. But maybe they had their own reasons for maybe not wanting Batista to take the pin in the match if they're building mm-hmm. him uh, as it as it kind of feels and looks like they are. Um, but yeah, because of the way the crowd had been, the finish just isn't going to go down well because it's... It's the guy they're shitting on that's yeah. getting the pin against the guy they're cheering. Um, from from what I could gather, it's the whole Roman Reigns syndrome of sort of boring baby face being shoved down our throats that they were yeah. rebelling against. And I want to say Edge must go rated R pretty soon. Yeah, and I, get, I mean, he... I, I preferred Edge as a heel. I thought he just had way more to him uh, being the heel. But yeah, the the whole thing, obviously, they, they wouldn't have been able to keep him af- with the story that, that comes out about what he's been doing uh, in terms of Lita. I don't think they would have been able to keep him babyface anyway, but it, just based on that, there's every reason to turn him heel. It, it feels like it's it's maybe beyond time to do it. Uh, so we're in August by WrestleMania the next year. He must win Money in the Bank. Yeah, like the first one in the bank, maybe so. Yeah, um, and cashes in. So within a year, he's champion. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a big change. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, another disappointment. You know, it's not going well so far, really. No, it's not. But you, I mean, things things do take an uptick. So, um, next up we have. And WrestleMania 20 rematch between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle. Uh, Angle at this point has been general manager of SmackDown. Um, it seems like he's been doing what he can. I think he must have screwed um, Eddie out of the title. I think maybe when JBL beat Eddie, yeah. Angle screwed him out of the title. Yeah. Uh, and he's been sort of doing all he can to avoid fighting with yep. Eddie doing the whole crutches and all that sort of stuff. So um two two quality athletes. Yep. Um never ever bet against Angle. So what did you what did you make of this? I, I, I had my reservations but I actually really enjoyed it. And I don't know if the timing was what made me have my reservations because I think I had a feeling that as it got a little bit later in his run, Eddie Guerrero started to drop off a bit mm-hmm. in terms of the performances and what he was able to deliver. Um, and I know we weren't overly impressed by even his Rumble match uh, at the, the last show we watched. Um, Who's that against? I'm trying to remember. Was that Benoit? Was it Eddie and Benoit? Or was it... I remember seeing a match and thinking this will be really good and it just didn't really right. do it. Um, but 
Oh, it was Angle and Benoit, wasn't it? I'm not sure who Eddie was up against. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I had my reservations, but Angle usually delivers really good matches. And then I started thinking, how much longer has he got here in terms of NWWE? And I thought, no, we're probably fine here. Um, and I ended up really enjoying it. And I don't know if I'd lowered my own expectations and maybe that helped. Because, um, mm. yeah, or, or maybe what's gone before on the show had helped. But, yeah, um, first match on the card that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I thought it was good fun. Yeah, me too. I, I think they built this match almost perfectly. Um they could have went out and just went hammer and tongs straight away, and I think mm-hmm. I'd have been well into it because of what we've previously had. Yeah, and and it started quite slow. They were doing like a sort of mat based amateur wrestling, um, yeah, to start off with, and I was like, oh, like I think normally I I would like that, but based on what we've had, I just sort of needed somebody, mm-hmm. please give me something exciting. Um, but I loved it as well. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. I, d- I don't remember the WrestleMania 20 match, um, but I'd quite like to go back and watch it now after after watching this. Yeah, I I, I remember the finish because what happens here kind of plays into right. what had happened there. Um, so in that match, Eddie Guerrero had deliberately been loosening his boot um, because he had a plan for when the ankle lock was going to be slapped on. And from memory, the loose boot allowed him to slip out of the ankle lock. Yeah. Um, and that that uh, that plays quite a bit into the the story that they're telling here. Where I love this Kurt Angle. They've they've clearly gone to wrestling machine Kurt yes. Angle. Amazing, and he's so aggressive and yes. intense and brutal. But it just it just works. It's oh, it it's works such perfectly. Yeah, um, I wasn't overly familiar with a guy who was accompanying him. Big Luther Reigns. Yeah. Uh, a big that lad. His, his bodyguard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've he's, got... He's, he's got WWECW written all over him. I've no idea if he was in it, but... I've got... So I must have gone down a little bit of a... I must have clicked on something, then clicked on something, clicked on oh, rabbit hole. Uh, but I was... X-Pac film again. <laughs> never, never quite went that far. But I was thinking, when was it Angle left WWE? And then I clicked uh, just to look at his career. And then I saw that... He was in TNA longer than he was in WWE, which kind of blows my mind. That's amazing. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. It's and like, I think he, he was... 2006 or something? Yeah, I think so. I think he was eight years in WWE and 10 years in TNA. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mad. Wow. Uh, wow, that is crazy. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen an angle TNA match. He had some good ones. He had a good program with Samoa Joe. That um, was almost uncomfortably realistic in the way that they were. Like I remember them doing a like a pull apart thing when they were confronting each other, and they played it as angles. This huge star that's come in, Samoa Joe sees himself as the top dog, and he's not letting anyone come in and take his spot. But the, there's like they're face to face, and they like I kept, one of them puts the head in the other, and they're they're both bleeding. And they've got all these people like in between them and try to keep them apart. And it's probably the most realistic looking pull apart I'd ever wow. seen. It just played brilliantly. Um, I think they had like a, a, a three match series, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good program. Cool. Um, jumping back into this, 
because you know what's going to happen. I'm going to be like, right, uh, for my next pick, but well, let's do <laughs> TNA, uh, Bound, Bound for Glory, 2007. Um, so don't get me too worked up here. Okay. Um, okay. I like the way that they were both, they both started out the match. What I always think of as sort of Bret Hart tactics of um, a lot of takedowns, controlling, uh, and then isolating. And obviously Angle's going to try and isolate that and call on the knee. Yeah. Um, but Eddie's doing the same. Mm-hmm. He's 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 doing a lot of what what was that Eddie going for? Yeah. Well, Eddie himself was going for a few yeah. um, sort of lower body and ankle. It was uh, related things as well, which I, I really liked as well. Mm-hmm. And they had him like certainly in the the grappling. They had him holding his own, which I thought oh, was yeah. good. Like. I suppose it's quite easy to write into a storyline that Eddie's going to do the sneaky stuff and, and you could have him doing it right from the start, but he's certainly shown to be holding his own, uh, mm. which just makes for a an interesting match. There was... If you replace the ankle lock in this match with suplexes, you'd have had Scott Steiner versus Triple H from that Royal <laughs> Rumble. But it, it, it doesn't get boring. It doesn't yeah, get boring. Yeah. I think it's the intensity that Angle brings. Uh huh. Yeah. I, th- uh, I think it's a selling from Eddie. Like mm-hmm. he had his boot off and he's wrenching on his ankle. Yeah. With just the sock on and it looks horrendous. Yeah. Um, and Angle is so tenacious. You know, like Eddie will, will make the ropes. He'll back off, then he'll just go straight back and grab him, uh-huh. pull him in the middle of the, the ring, and, and, and go straight back on with Angle. Yeah. He, he falls down and, and does a sort of a, a, what's the word, the grapevine type thing with his legs mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love all that, love it yeah yeah. Um, and I was a little confused when, when Kurt started because obviously what you said about the previous match where Eddie's unlaced his boot mm-hmm. and ankle, Angle has went for the ankle lock and, and the boots went flying off Angle starts unlacing Eddie's boot, but it's, yeah. he wants to punish him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I quite I liked the fact that the the announcers, I think, a little bit play dumb. Uh, they're like they don't seem to be talking about what Angle's actually doing at that first moment when he's trying to unlace the boot and get yeah. the boot off. Um, they just kind of let it play for a little while, and then they they obviously reference it when it comes to a comes to a head a little bit later on when he actually just gets Eddie's boot off. Um, yeah. yeah. He's, he's straight up trying to snap his ankle. Like, uh-huh. yes, we yeah. know it's wrestling and all that, but that's what it looks like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's some. There's a few nice moments of, like, you know, Angle probably dominates the larger part of the match, but uh, Eddie gets his stuff in at times. He, he's able to hit his trio of suplexes um, and looks like he has a second wind at a point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he even when he's doing all that, he's selling the ankle because um, the ankle lock's already been on. You know, um, he's had to scramble to the ropes. The damage or some of the damage has been done, and it's just one of those things we've talked about a million times on shows about just those little things that he's not, you know, just moving the turnbuckle. He's hobbling to the turnbuckle because right. he's had the ankle lock on him. It just makes for a better spectacle of, of everything going on. Um, and we get. Towards the end of the match, you've mentioned him hitting the, th- the three amigos. Um, 
Eddie goes up top rope. He's going to go for the frog splash, but Angle does his classic sprint across the ring, mm-hmm. run up the turnbuckles and th- throws him halfway across the ring. Yeah, uh, gets two and a half. Um, from there, somehow Eddie gets back on top, misses the frog splash. Uh, Kurt hits the Angle Slam, Olympic Slam, uh, two and three quarters, and and now we're like the pace has ramped up from mm-hmm. right from you know how do they go 30 minutes and they've ramped up from each controlling each other on the mat to like finishers uh, yep. reversals constant back and forward back and forward and um, we get we get a ref bump uh eddie hits kurt with his boot but uh, i wasn't convinced i mean <laughs> i don't know it's <laughs> no no as um high impact as yeah, what, yeah. you know a drop kick <laughs> or something but yeah he hit he, he manages to hit the frog splash and gets two and three quarters really really close three to a three uh eddie makes the fatal mistake of getting up and, and walking over angle towards the ref to complain yeah and ankle uh, an- angle grabs that ankle yeah and he is wrenching it off him there's there's a look on his on his face angle as he's doing these these moments like i've got it in my notes how i've used the word brilliantly psychotic he looks because <laughs> he, he he fully looks like he's totally snapped he's gone and i just I, he plays it so well yeah brilliant yeah, it's so good it really is good i think going back to this what we watched last time between ben one angle mm-hmm. it feels like he's just so consistent i think mm-hmm. i might be written that somewhere that he's like He's like a modern day Bret Hart. Like he seems yeah. to be able to wrestle anybody mm-hmm. and get amazing matches out of everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, eventually, Eddie is forced to tap. Pretty similar to that f- finish uh, in the one night stand between him and Benoit, where he he just takes mm-hmm. this punishment for ages and, and then he then... just he just gives up. He has to give up. Yeah. I think that's actually the match I was thinking of recently from Eddie that was a bit disappointing. The mm-hmm. one night stand one. Yeah. Um. What do you think that got? What sort of rating do you think that got Meltzer rating? Uh, four. Uh, that's what I thought. Three and three quarters. Okay. Um, I thought it was class. I mean, give me, give me more of them. Mm-hmm. You'd know, take that over Triple H versus Eugene. It definitely stood out on this card, put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it better than. Uh, it was the best match in the card for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, yep. We go to a little um, summary video package for the next match. You, Triple H, just you stay away from that nice, simple lad. No, please, no. Nothing with Eugene. This Uh, is what put me off ever picking this pay-per-view. The Eugene gimmick is dated horrendously. Yeah. This is Brian Gewertz, I think, isn't it? Did the whole Eugene stuff. Even, like, I get it was a long time ago, but it still doesn't feel like it was long enough ago for this Mm-mm. to have been okay. <laughs> this feels like a 1970s gimmick. Yeah, it? it does. Even his, <sighs> like, the way it looks and all that. I, I, I text you saying this guy, uh, Nick Dinsmore, that plays the Eugene character, Cornette, he must have been in the same OVW class as, like, Batista and them. Um, and he said he was the best wrestler he ever had. It's, oh. it's, it's amazing. It's like these NXT call-ups, and then it's like they go through some 
weird phone booth where they turn into a cartoon character and it's like yeah. somebody's just decided to completely mess with it. And this everything this that character, makes them work. Like not only does it have to kind of be short lived because where can you realistically go with it? But where can the guy playing this role go from there? Mm-hmm. It's killed him. It's... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess he's probably done indie runs as Eugene and, and like quite novelty type. Yeah. And from there, what choice does the guy really have? If that's uh, yeah, I feel oh, bad dear. for the guy. It, it reminds me of the remember they did Vince versus that that lad with the one leg. Yeah, that's right. How did they end up in these sort of weird situations? And I, 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 honestly, it boils my brain to work out how Triple H has ended up in this. Yeah. Like, do you think he's asked to work for you? He can't. He can't have wanted this. Like, uh, we obviously we've heard all the bad stuff about burying folk and stuff like that. But there's no value in this for him, and there's no there's no established guy to bury. So what what's the point? <laughs> but we know that he was, you know. A wrestling traditionalist, you know, he liked wrestling. Mm. He was very, you know, much into your like classic school, matches Harley and things Race, like. Yeah, Rick your Flair. iconic legends. There, there's nothing here for him. <laughs> well, uh, we've just said it feels like a 1970s gimmick. To be fair, well, I suppose, <laughs> maybe suppose. He thought this was like the, the modern day Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you know what really bothered me? It's, so uh, this all comes about because The Rock, this must have been before The Rock had left, um, because we're, we're operating at a time where Austin and Rock are gone. Austin's mm-hmm. retired, Rock is, is away being Hollywood Rock. Anyway, Rock, Rock was in the ring and he'd asked Eugene whose favourite wrestler was and, and Eugene had said Triple H. Triple H was doing this whole thing with like, let's let Eugene into Evolution? Yep. And Flair says to him, you're going to let Eugene join Evolution. You'll ruin our gimmick, brother. (laughs) Yeah. That really annoyed me. (laughs) I mean, if that's the thing that annoyed you the most about this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, just about the small package. (laughs) Not the small package. Uh, Eugene appears to have cost Triple H the title twice against... Benoit. Yeah, I think it, it's played. He did it once accidentally when he was By trying mistake. to help him, yep. and then obviously Triple H is raging about that, and then it maybe intentionally costs him the next time. William <sighs> Regal's got involved. He seems to be the keeper of Eugene in some form or another, um, and Triple H beat the absolute brakes off him uh, on the the Raw before it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 go to the match because but, I mean to be fair, it's not like the worst match in the world or anything. But, it is the, well, it's not. Actually, I was going to say it's the longest match on the card. It's yeah. the second longest match on the card. Aye. Uh, my my notes start for the actual match section as Triple H is out first. I'm so uncomfortable with this. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I've written. I refuse to take notes on this. <laughs> <laughs> And I then got into it, obviously. <sighs> Somebody in the crowd has got a, 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 um, a sign that says, destroy the simpleton. Oh, no. 
Well, that's the other thing with this crowd. They're, they're not they're not sympathetic to Eugene. No, they're, they're cheating Triple H. It's ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. The, I think the first thing I've got about the match is that Triple H uses Lillian Garcia as a human shield. Yeah. So Triple H is kind of playing up the whole, like, he's actually a little bit scared of this guy as mm. well, which doesn't really fit in. No. It's, it's awkward because, you know, Evolution was always, to me, positioned as the elite from before, Ric mm-hmm. Flair, mm-hmm. the elite from the current Triple H, and the guys that are going to be the future, the next are Orton Batista. Mm-hmm. But Triple H is, like, running scared of this guy who, if you take everything else out of the equation, has barely had a match. They do say he's undefeated. He's never never lost a match. Right. Um, at this stage, the commentators mentioned that. But this is you didn't see in your gimmick, your stable, your elite stable, the leader, the current main guy is scared of this unknown. You know, mm-hmm. never had a match. They should be expecting to just go, well, he's had some matches, but should be expecting to just go in and school him completely. Yeah, that evolution gimmick only really works if Triple H is world heavyweight champion all the time. Yeah, which, you know, people gave him plenty of abuse <laughs> for being for, for such a long period of time. But yeah, and it and it does it does work when it is that. And then you could have had him be that all along and what happens later could have happened to him and you could have ignored this whole Eugene thing, you know. Mm. It, yeah. But- there's a Eugene sucks chat about halfway through this uh, Triple H feigns injury like he's really genuinely hurt himself I I think he does his quad he's pretending to do his quad that goes hearts back to 2001 of course when when Triple H genuinely rolled his quad up his leg Um, Eugene walks away, the referee's at him and, and Triple H is straight across and nails him in the back and I was like, oh shit I've been worked because I am into this match now. <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. But not in the way that I want Eugene to win because I've got here, I want Triple H to absolutely bury this guy. <laughs> Eugene's thing seems to be that he uses other people's moves mm-hmm. as well. He hits a rock bottom on Triple H and tries to hit some version of the people's elbow. Um, but Triple H gets up in time, thankfully. And- the, f- the fans are cheering this. <laughs> I'm, I'm also, I'm fine. Not this character. Because <laughs> it just, it's wrong. It's, it's, it, yeah. But for there to be a guy that's, you know, using other people's moves and, you know, playing up to that and all that, I'm fine with that. But not again on Triple H, who's one of your, if Rock and Austin are gone, and I know that he is not in the title match that's going to take place later. But if Rock and Austin are gone, Triple H is your main guy. He's your main mm. guy, mm. and he's mm. doing this. Like you can have a gimmick where a guy's a massive big fan, but he's never had a wrestling match in his life, uh-huh. and he does moves that he's seen on the TV. Like, uh-huh. but you can you can sell that yeah. in a way like like that's what they said John Jones used to do when he's very early in his UFC career. He would do things that he watched on YouTube. Okay, yeah. And, like you can sell it that way. Like this guy's a big guy. Take his daft haircut away, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know. Please just take away the mannerisms because it's 
so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Eugene appears to be no selling, getting hit in the head. Mm. He seems to be hulking up. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. He he tries to give him the finger. I think he maybe gives him the wrong finger. Yeah. And hits a stone cold stunner. He hits a big boot, and then the Hulk leg drop. I mean, all this is entertaining. Fair enough. Uh, it gets two and a half. Uh, uh, Eugene has a pedigree. I think it's at this point that I text you saying, what is this? Because surely Triple H doesn't let everybody hit a pedigree. No. Yeah. Um, but Flair's down now and he puts Triple H's boot on the rope to make sure that he doesn't get counted three. Um, Eugene seems... Well, Flair gets... Ejected by the ref, I think he's mm-hmm. had enough of him. I'm maybe jumping, so so feel no. I th- that, that what I put in my notes is that referee Jack Doan has like the shortest tolerance level ever for someone like <laughs> for Rick Flair. Flair. He comes down, he puts his boot on the ropes, and I think he tries to once grab Eugene's leg when he's coming off the ropes, that's and right. that's it. That is him had enough, and he is sending him back. So, so Eugene seems to get distracted by Flair being ejected and Triple H hits him with a pedigree when he's, he turns back around and Triple H wins. My favourite part of this match was Triple H because William Regal comes running down mm-hmm. some point in between here and levels Flair. Yeah, it's when uh, Flair's walking up the ramp. Right. Yeah. And Triple H, as he's walking back from the ring just grabs Flair by the foot and, and tries dragging him back to the changing rooms <laughs> which I appreciate what an odd an odd oh, angle an odd horrible. match don't ever do the Eugene character again please I wonder how long he stuck about for yeah I, I have a feeling he maybe teamed with Regal after this right. which makes sense um, but yeah, uh, uh, released October 2014. Uh, no, oh my god, he had more than one run. He can't have come back as Eugene in 2013. Oh god, prepare yourself for the number 30 entrant in the 2023 Royal Rumble. Uh, he, he sticks around in this run for a while. He's uh, released in 07, September 07. Wow. Crikey. Yeah. So, we go from there to the, um, apparently the second highest rated match on the WWE website uh, of this card, which is our Diva Dodgeball game. No. Now, is this... With the exception of WrestleMania 15 and the, uh, what do you call it, Brawl for All, is this the second ever shoot match that we've had on a wrestling pay-per-view, <laughs> do you think? I, th- I think it, it, it was it a shoot. It has yeah. to be. Um... So what have we got? We've got, is this like a mixture of Raw and SmackDown Divas taking I on the feel Diva like Search I've team? let the side down because I don't have notes for this. Oh, come I'm on. really sorry. I feel like I've done half a job. To be honest with you, I quite enjoyed it. Just a <laughs> game of dodgeball. I appreciate a game of dodgeball. It takes me back. Um, Michelle McCool's thrown them all over the shop. The, the WWE Divas get absolutely schooled by the Diva Search team. 
I can see that you're not into this, so I'm going to move. <laughs> like, to I, the, I, uh... I, yeah, it, it, it didn't. This is surely a TV show segment. <laughs> this isn't I don't a know, like, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think, I think out of that Divas, they must have got no. Mickey James out of that Diva search. Yeah, I think so. To be fair, there's a few uh, talented uh, women have, have come out of it, but it, I don't know. Uh, you see them like having wrestling matches now. <laughs> and it's such I mean, an afterthought. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Jamie Noble's main squeeze, Nidia, was there. I thought she might have been quite good at dodgeball, but... No. Oh, all I remember is her terrifying gimmick where she was... <laughs> Just a bit overly friendly with everyone. She was. <laughs> Certainly was. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll not bore you anymore. Coach seems to be involved in this diva search. Okay. Any time it's, it's been on uh, Raw or SmackDown. Anywho. Weird one here. We've got the WWE heavyweight title match, which is a SmackDown belt. JBL uh, taking on The Undertaker. JBL pretty, pretty early in his run. I think he's won the title from Guerrero mm-hmm. and then maybe yep. retained it in one more match with Guerrero. Um, is that the blood one? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, we we get zero build-up here. As I, we just got a Triple H versus Eugene match mm-hmm. and we got a good three to four minute video package. We've got the heavyweight title next and we get nothing. There was, and there was actually half-decent stuff on the SmackDown that happened between these two as well. See, Ooh, I Lord. felt like there was supposed to be a, a build or package of summon because Michael Cole says you're about to see one of the most chilling moments you've ever seen in WWE and then nothing happens. Yes. Well, I assumed he was talking about the cowbell and JBL's music. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, I think he was referring to Undertaker's entrance. Is that what it was? Because yeah, I, I was sit watching back and it. Experience one of the most chilling moments you'll ever see in okay. WWE. I thought it was going to be a video package of something happening in the build to this, and then there was nothing. And I thought I even started thinking, was there something? Have they had to take it out? Is there, you know? Uh, but no, probably not. <clears throat> so it was at this point that um, Orlando Jordan joined JBL as his chief of staff. Um, just before this match, and uh, JBL was sort of—he was helping JBL out, attacking Undertaker and all this sort of stuff. He—he, mm-hmm. he, I felt he what you—you'll not have seen any of it because if you didn't watch the go home and you wouldn't have seen any here. But he worked that gimmick pretty good actually, Orlando. Yeah, Jordan. I remember bits and pieces because I remember thinking it was almost like they were trying to, you know, that JBL's gimmick was that he was this incredibly successful businessman type thing. But then when they gave him. A chief of staff and all that. I wondered if they were almost going for like presidential type type uh, presentation for him, uh, which maybe they did kind of veer around without going all the way with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I remember thinking he was pretty good, uh, Orlando Jordan. I really liked. Uh, I I didn't think I would have. Our debt on paper, I would have hated the JBL um, gimmick. But see, where he's when he was cutting promos on SmackDown, and he's just total smiling to the crowd and waving and saying thank you when they were all booing him and that thank thank you so much that was brilliant <laughs> really really good it's so like simple and cheap i loved it um i didn't i would have liked to went back and watch this match with a sound off but I, I just didn't have time um because i think i might have enjoyed it because i don't think it was the worst 
match in the world. Uh, but the crowd just ruined this match. They just completely take it over. <laughs> this is the one they were doing the Mexican wave in that, isn't it? It was, yeah. I, I, I remember thinking, it's like a, a world title match on and folk are doing a Mexican wave. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they were singing, they were shouting, there they they was like a Spanish table chant. Yeah. And they, they were shouting other things as well. Mm-hmm. It was really odd. T- Taz mentioned Bizarro Land quite a lot during this mm-hmm. match. Um, there was a thing here apparently that happened. So JBL comes out in the limousine mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to come into play towards the end of the match. Apparently a fan jumped the barrier and ran across the limousine and oh. nearly spoiled the thing because oh, nearly spoiled the whole the thing roof. that happened. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, we can talk through the match a little bit. Crowd are assholes <laughs> is main part of my notes. Uh, Taker's doing a lot of map-based submission stuff. Uh-huh. Like he's Ken Shamrock all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did remember that that definitely became a thing later on because, you know, when he had his matches with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, he was doing quite a lot of wrestling in, in mm-hmm. moments of those. Um, but it's always still, I don't know, it's like a surprise to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It takes me out of it, I think. It doesn't fit the character. Yeah. No, because he's, he's still doing the whole dead man gimmick at this uh, point. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit a biker neither, but it probably fit a biker more than a... Yeah. <laughs> whatever he is. <laughs> Undertaker. <laughs> um, where 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 should we go? Because my notes are all about the crowd and okay. uh, Taker, Taker works the arm early. Um, but what I quite liked was, you know, like you get Undertaker wrestling against these guys and they're, a lot of the time they're smaller than him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of the time they're intimidated and, and JBL, I thought, did a really good job of looking intimidated. But then when it comes to the physicality, he was, there was no backing down. Yeah, I thought um, what they didn't do, because obviously they're going to be keeping the belt on JBL here. But what they didn't do was weaken anyone, I didn't think because um, mm-hmm. they, they need to run with this JBL character for a while. He goes toe-to-toe quite a lot with mm-hmm. Undertaker, and he gets a lot of offense in, in the match. Um, and Taker does a bit of selling um, mm-hmm. for, for that offense, uh, which you need if you're going to be you know running with uh, JBL for a while. Um, I've got a few notes about moves um, and Orlando Jordan getting involved uh, i think i've got a note that's baffling me a wee bit i don't think it'll make any sense i'll just say it taker hits a move i can't describe jbl grabs the rope to break the count <laughs> i don't I know what that is uh, well i wonder if this is where i've written taker is now a jiu-jitsu expert apparently how odd <laughs> uh, i assume that is the same yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um He's got some of his, you know, traditional stuff. He he goes for old school uh, walking the rope at a point, but uh, JBL cuts him off. Um, mm-hmm. JBL hitting a swinging neck neck breaker, uh, slam top rope shoulder block, uh, or for a two count. Yeah, hey, I was impressed with that. I've never seen yeah, Bradshaw go to the top rope. Mm-hmm. I think we're so used to him being the just sort of stand and brawl 
guy. Um, probably both of them, to be honest. Uh, but mm-hmm. JBL, certainly. Um, but I think it when he's doing stuff like that, it probably plays into the story that I have to maybe go a bit bigger if I'm going to retain against this guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, triangle choke by Taker, but Orlando Jordan uh, helps JBL get out of it. Uh, Orlando Jordan catches a massive boot from Taker, but he gets his <laughs> foot caught on the ropes, so JBL takes out the knee. Um, JBI, JBL drives Taker's knee into the ring post, um, and uh, Orlando Jordan distracts the ref as JBL strikes under Taker's knee with a steel chair. I think the announcers even say something like, I can't call what he doesn't see. He must have heard it. Yes, I must have that written somewhere. Because, like, yeah, fair enough, I can't see it, but he must be deaf. Mm-hmm. It's not like a gun went off. Yeah. <laughs> Class. Uh, it was Nick Patrick, though. So. Ah, fair enough. Um, JBL continuing the attack on the knees, using the steps on the outside. Um, and then Jordan throws Undertaker back into the ring. I think this is where the fans do the Mexican wave. No. Uh, Undertaker uh, finally counters and goes for a single leg Boston Crab, is what I've written. Okay. Uh, but JBL's quite near the ropes and gets there fairly quickly. Undertaker uh, rolls through a counter by JBL and tries to apply an armbar, but JBL is able to attack the knee to make him break the hold. See, I was laughing about Undertaker doing all these moves, but there's a couple. He does like a rolling knee bar, and I was like, well, that's quite mm-hmm. cool, actually. That's two, two massive guys. Um, a big right hand by Taker, who has a really pissed off expression on his face. <laughs> I wonder if that's to do with the crowd. Has JBL be. goes to the floor. Yeah. It, yeah, it must be, because you, you just wouldn't. It would, like you mentioned earlier, it would take you out of it as a performer. You know, you're, you're just trying to do your thing, and they're taking away from the match. Um, where am I now? <laughs> we get we get a superplex by Undertaker, which is pretty devastating given the size of both guys. Yeah. We're, we're starting to get some close falls now, two and a half. Uh, Chokeslam from Undertaker gets two and three quarters. Uh, Orlando Jordan distracts the Undertaker and allows JBL to hit a clothesline from hell. Which looks pretty cool on like a massive guy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like normally it's smaller guys. Billy Gunn used to always be amazing at, at selling the clothes like yeah. Rikishi as well. Yeah, he um, used to like spin as they do the big yeah. eye, eye. Yeah, um, but it look quite. It does look quite uh, good on, on on somebody like Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick's down. I'm not sure how he ends up getting bumped by the both of them. Yeah, uh, J- JBL gets the belt in. And hits Taker with the belt. He hits him with another, you know what I'm going to say, he hits him with another clothesline from hell, but instead of covering him, he picks him up and takes him over at the corner. Yeah, that seemed like an odd choice. Goes up. I wonder if they missed a move or something. Yeah, possibly. He takes him in the corner, stands up on the second ropes and does the, the punches. But of course, this allows Undertaker to hit the last ride. Um... Is it at this point that that JB uh, Undertaker then grabs the belt? Uh, just after the last ride. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, takes the belt, 
smashes it in JBL's face, but the ref's up and sees Nick that. Patrick wakes up to see that. Yeah. Yeah. DQ. I mean, I don't. I honestly didn't mind the DQ. I don't think it gets used enough. Ah, uh-huh. there, there was there was only one. <laughs> There's one moment as we're going towards the finish that I I, I wasn't a big fan of. Um, JBL's got Undertaker covered, the ref's down. Orlando Jordan comes into the ring <laughs> and goes yeah. to put the ref's hand down three times. The ref is unconscious by all accounts. Now, somehow the ref comes to and stops the hand going down a third time. But Orlando Jordan just lets him stop it going down. And I'm thinking... So now rules matter. You can't just force the ref's hand down. Of course you can't. That would be that would be ridiculous. Uh, it was, that was an odd sequence for me. That is question. That is questionable. You're right. Um, we're we're not finished. But Patrick rings, asks for the bell. Undertaker's disqualified. The ref sees him hitting JBL with the belt. JBL takes an absolute beating. I think he's busted. He's definitely busted because Undertaker's wiping his blood all over him. Yeah. Um, the he takes he manages to somehow take out Jordan and JBL. They fight towards the limousine, and we we end up Undertaker choke slams JBL through the limousine roof, which is quite a cool visual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if oh. that's supposed to make us be salivating for a rematch, I'm no. <laughs> I think it was. It served a purpose. I think it kept. It, I I came out of it thinking, if they did have a rematch, it's not a foregone conclusion. You know, uh, mm-hmm. JBL can hold his own. Um, the I didn't think that the roof limo tear looked amazing, mm-hmm. and also Orlando Jordan should not be moving somebody who's just gone through a limo and could well have a serious neck injury. <laughs> he just drags him out of the limo. <laughs> This is still part of his job, though. He's, the guy's just doing his job. Cheap as staff. Uh, uh, aye. Was, I thought it was pure. fine. Yeah. I genuinely think if we watched it with the sound off that we would enjoy, have enjoyed it more. Yeah. The crowd yeah, definitely take right. away from it. Yeah. Uh, and that takes us to our main event for the world. World what? Undisputed title? The WWE title? This is the world heavyweight title. No, wait. Yes, oh, yes, the last one was the I... WWE title, so yeah, this is the world right. heavyweight. Uh, champion Chris Benoit defending his title against Randy Orton. Randy Orton at this point, I don't think has had, it kind of been long since he dropped the Intercontinental Championship mm-hmm. um, to Edge. Uh, I don't think he's had a huge build-up. He's still part of Evolution, but yep. there's no Flair, Triple H or Batista with him. Um, yep. So you know that Something's a little fishy. Uh, you'll not be shocked to hear what happens the following night on Raw. I guess you know what happens, but we can get yes. to that after. Yep. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I, I think I, I think I went into this kind of wanting to hate it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe just the general mood of the pay per view. I think I'd says mm. to you, it felt like this has been about six hours long. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I didn't, didn't mind this. It. I thought it was fine. I thought um, the 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 story was quite good in terms of where they were going to go. I think uh, you've got your young upstart who looks every bit your superstar uh, right from the entrance walking out there. You've Randall. got your uh, your grizzled veteran champion with his gap tooth smile and all that um, coming out and. 
I, I think I, I thought it might be an okay match. Wasn't sure what it'd be like in the ring because I don't think maybe these guys had had a match before, but I couldn't think that they had mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so I wasn't sure if the the chemistry would be great. Um, I was not convinced at the start because I mean they do a bit of grappling and uh, and then Orton goes for like a test of strength and I was feeling like I was in some nineteen match. <laughs> And I thought that's weird, but okay. Um, and it, it looks like he's gonna actually go out and try and straight up wrestle Benoit, mm. which I didn't hate the idea of. You know, he's this young cocky uh, heel that's challenging for the title. I thought, yeah, why? Why wouldn't he believe that he could just go and out wrestle him? Um, I thought that the the flow of the match maybe wasn't as you know we've maybe been spoiled by. Angle Benoit and stuff like that, where you're you're just not going to get that. That's not normal. Um, But yeah, I thought as a match it played out fine. Um, You get uh, the the shoulder of Benoit fairly early on. Uh, Orton sends Benoit into the turnbuckle, shoulder first, Um, and. There's a few times very early on where Benoit has been going for the crossface or the threat of the crossface has been there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise this happened right from almost the start of his career. But I am absolutely sure that JR uses the phrase RKO out of nowhere. Um, and I thought that was a more recent phrase. Yeah, right, okay. But uh, it's obviously there as a threat that if, you know, they're they're doing that, if, if, if he hits that RKO, you know, that's yep. that's lights out regardless of who you are, uh, type thing. Um, so you know the sort of two main threats that that are there, and that the match could, uh, in theory, be be over at any moment. Um, got Orton ben, going. Benoit for... seems to have been using the sharpshooter as well. Yes, um, it seems to be quite a big weapon in his arsenal. I want to say at the backlash after the WrestleMania 20 that that's how he beat Shawn Michaels. All right, the okay. sharpshooter. So I think they were playing this up as, as kind of like a big thing that could come out of nowhere mm-hmm. as well because he goes for it really early. Um, yeah. And Orton actually tries doing his own version of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Orton seems to always be very quick to get to the ropes to break mm-hmm. any of these, which keeps the severity of the hold alive rather mm-hmm. than him actually locking it in for, for any period of time. There's some decent sequences between the two of them with uh, moves and counters and things like that. Um, got like Orton trying for a, an arm bar, trying to hyperextend the elbow and uh, Benoit with um, a bit of a comeback but Orton then hanging him up on the ropes and then yeah, it breaks. It Benoit a lot. It does. I feel like and then they're on the outside ring apron and uh, Benoit hits uh, Orton oh. with it, it just seemed like a bit of a brutal DDT on the, uh-huh. the apron yeah. uh, JR likes to tell us that that area of the mat has no give mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah for some reason that one it hit hard when I watched it I was like ooh, ooh. Um, we've got Benoit running oh no this moment Benoit running, jumping through the ropes towards Orton, uh, Orton moving, and Benoit hitting the the guardrail. Um, Hundred mile an hour looked absolutely horrible. It did. I think I think they give a slow motion as well, 
And when they're doing a slow motion, that just tells you that, oh, yeah, no, this will really, really look like it would hurt a lot because yeah. that's why they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really bad. I mean, there's <sighs> nothing, nothing. There's no hands up. No. There, there's oh. nothing for him to hit except the barricade. And he hits it head, face yeah. planted almost. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think you actually messaged me about that move. God, uh, horrible. I, yeah. I think, obviously, everything that goes into it with, with Benoit is playing on your mind. So you think, uh-huh. is, is that something that's contributing yeah. towards his brain or whatever? Yeah. Um, but yeah, even just isolating that one move, you're like, what the hell? That's mm-hmm. that's hard. It does set up Orton quite, quite aggressively start going after the neck. On the neck, um, yeah. So he's what? Uh, what about that that gut wrench power bomb into a neck breaker thingy? Hitch? Yeah, it was a really nice that smooth cool. sequence of moves. Yeah, um, that was pretty much straight after that. Mm. Um, and then we've got a a moment where uh, both men are running the ropes and they collide in the middle of the ring, mm-hmm. uh, and they're both down with the ref starting to count. Um, and then I don't know if I've, I've missed a bit in terms of doing notes, but I've, I've immediately my next thing I've got is Benoit getting some momentum going and hits a Northern Lights suplex for a two. Yeah, I've got the same, yep. Um, Benoit sits up Orton in the corner, looks to be going for a superplex. Orton pushes him off and down to the mat. Uh, high crossbody off the top by Orton. Benoit tries to roll through, but Orton pins him down for a two count. Yeah, I quite liked that. I don't know if it was if they meant to do that or didn't they, or they just rolled with it, but it, yeah, looked, it looked good. If they didn't mean to do it, it, it worked because of the way they played the next move, which, Aye. you know, it's uh, you're always going to have slight missteps. I think it's about how you handle them and how you react around them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we want everything to look totally choreographed. We're fine yeah. with things looking a bit a bit rough at times. Aye. Aye, absolutely. Uh, Orton goes for the RKO, Benoit shoves him to the ropes, catches him with a clothesline, and uh, belly-to-back suplex by Benoit on Orton, and then Benoit locks in the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got that spot where Orton looks to be out, but the arm lift thing, the ref's doing the arm lift thing, and he holds at the third lift, uh, and then he gets to the ropes, um, so the hold's broken. Then uh, German suplexes. I've got in my notes, was it five? Did he hit five German suplexes? I've got six. Was it six? Yeah. Um, and I've got I, that the crowd are actually finally, it yeah. seems like the crowd are engaged in this now. Yeah. At um, this point. That, that seemed to get them into it because mm-hmm. I remember thinking, about time <laughs> kind of reaction. Um, Benoit does his, uh, his signal that he's going up for the flying headbutt uh, up to the top. Orton gets his legs up. Um, Orton, That's a brutal one as well. I yeah. Like, there's no hands in front of it. It's face first and his shins. I, I kind of feel like, you know when like probably 99% of the performers are doing, you see this spot quite a lot. Somebody's up the top ropes, they come off and somebody gets a body part up. Mm-hmm. It always looks like they're protecting themselves because they know it's coming because of mm-hmm. course they know it's coming. But yeah. No way Ben. Nah. No. Yeah, nah. He just takes the hit. Um, yeah um, <laughs> Orton with a cover Benoit gets out and locks in the cross face um, Orton's rolling out 
are trying to roll out of the yeah, crossface. They, they roll twice across the ring almost. Uh-huh. I think. Um, and then we're going to the, the finish from there. Uh, Benoit tries to take Horton's arm, but he spins him round and hits the RKO. And I've written from out of nowhere. My bad. Um, oh. And Orton, that's Orton. He One, two, three. wins the world title. There were a few things I wasn't expecting. I didn't actually expect him to win clean. I knew he was going to win the title, yeah. Yeah. but he's the heel. He's part of this heel group. Uh, I was kind of surprised not to see any kind of appearance from Evolution. Pleasantly surprised, I think. Um, but I, I just didn't expect him to win clean. Um, mm. But yeah, he, he did. It's funny. I, I thought it was weird that Evolution weren't there, but not weird in a, hmm, weird that, you know, mm. like he, he's obviously out of favour. It's almost, I don't know, I'd have preferred to have seen them. But then Flair was always Triple H's man. Yeah. So you're more likely to see Triple I don't know. I suppose KFAB's had a, a match with Eugene and all that sort of stuff. Anyway. I, I can kind of guess where they, they want to go here because they have a moment where Benoit comes back in the ring here uh, as Orton's celebrating his title win. And Benoit extends the hand for a handshake. Orton looks unsure. Benoit's shouting over and over again, be a man. Be a man. I, um, I love that, by the way. And I thought it was Orton, brilliant. And Orton eventually shakes his hand. Now, I assume with what's about to happen, they're kind of maybe thinking, do we just are we going to just go full babyface with Orton? Which feels a little bit rushed, I think, uh, in terms of it being straight away, straight after. But um, I'm assuming I know what happens on the Raw after this, because I, I remember the, is it like the thumbs up, thumbs down moment? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But to be fair to them, um, it's worked quite well because Orton opens a show and he comes out and he's being cheered and mm-hmm. he says, ah, but you weren't cheering for me last night, were you? Not until I won the title. Okay. I didn't think I could do it and all this sort of stuff. And uh, he says some funny stuff. He says, uh, stand up if you're a man and you're 24. Uh, and you, obviously you get all these, whoa, these guys stand up. <laughs> he's like, take your top off if you're a man and 24. And these guys are like swinging their t-shirts around their head and all that. He goes, you know, he's like, look at you and look at me. I'm a 24-year-old man. I am a specimen and all that sort of stuff. Look at the state of you guys. I, I really appreciated it. And then Benoit comes out. He triggers his rematch clause. Okay. So so they do Orton v. Benoit um, for the title again, rematch. Triple H helps Orton win. And now they're doing the whole confetti and uh, he's on Batista's shoulders and all that. Triple H is giving him the thumbs up and then thumbs down, and they just kick the shit out. It's quite, it's it's done quite well. You know, I, I I like I like the story. I think the reason I like the the one they ended up doing a little bit later with Batista and Triple H more was because you were kind of in on it with them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas you know through that story that Batista knows you you know that he knows that they are no longer in a group and aligned with him, but they're playing it off like they are. And you can see it. And they even do like the camera of Batista listening outside the room when Flair and Triple H are saying, we'll talk him into challenging for the other title. It's all good. You know, all that <laughs> kind of thing. And he's kind of laughing away at himself because he's in it, you know, we're in on it with him. Uh, Whereas here, I feel like had they had, I suppose because he's still in evolution, there's no real opportunity to do it. Had they had him 
a little bit longer showing some baby face tendencies or, or whatever um, and then the turn but I suppose it, it works in terms of you were never meant to be the champion now <laughs> Triple H is meant to be the champion now mm-hmm. so as soon as he's achieved that he is going to turn on him because it's no longer helping him achieve his goals effectively Aye, Aye. and I think that's what Triple H is saying to him when he's beating him up he's like I, I'm supposed to be champion Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it almost blurs the lines, but not in like a good way. In yeah. a kind of uh, for God's sake yeah. sort of way. <laughs> Somebody yeah. else's show. Yeah. Um, something that I wrote my notes just about that match was uh, an appreciation of Benoit, even when he's getting beaten down in a match, mm-hmm. um, he never stops. And I know this is part of the whole. Um, rabid Wolverine type thing, but he never, you know, he could be getting punch, 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 and he'll hit back with a chop, or he'll try and kick back, uh-huh. and he, he, he's forever. Uh, he, he never stops trying to sort of get back into the match. I quite like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad match. It got four and a quarter stars. Okay, um, which I was quite surprised about. That feels but quite I, generous. I, I thought it was it decent. Yeah. Aye. So yeah, on the whole, um, not not my best pick. <laughs> I mean, could have been worse. <laughs> I think it's it's funny because WWE's sort of cancelled um, Benoit generally his mm-hmm. run. So yeah. you don't you know like generally SummerSlam is a as a marquee event, but it's like the Royal Rumble two thousand and four. You don't really think about it because it's not there yeah um, they're, as, they're, as far they're as kind of not that... going to flag it or publicize uh-huh. it or yeah yeah um so it's weird it's funny um it's never going to be thought of as this great big sh- show mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate but it's understandable as well so oh, you've disappeared there you are oh. um so, yeah, I mean, you've had better picks, but it wasn't awful. Okay, thanks. You're taking that? Yeah, I'll take that. I, I, okay. I expected worse, so, yeah. Okay, so I've done my <laughs> usual. For our next pick, I've done my usual. So I, I went back to WrestleMania 28, um, and I thought I'd quite like to, I've never ever seen this. Um, is it Hell in a Cell? Triple H Undertaker with Shawn Michaels. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd quite like to see that. Uh, and then I watched the the Raw prior to it, and the stuff between Cena and Rock really, really put me off. <laughs> As I said, nah, I don't want to watch this at uh, all. I don't know yeah. why. It just felt... Was that their but... second one, or was that their first one? No, that was the first one, after first Rock one. had screwed him at 27. Uh, um, yeah. In the okay. main event with The Miz. That's right, yeah. Uh, so so I, I threw that to the side. I'd been watching uh, that text you said I've been watching some New Japan um, some of these Kenny Omega Okada matches mm-hmm. I thought I wonder if I could try it and get you into AEW uh, so I, I thought maybe I need to look at your face <laughs> <laughs> dear listener Adam did not look really up for that at all I like yeah. the idea of liking AEW, but then I don't know the the folk like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks just really annoy me. 
fair enough. So <laughs> I, I knew that would, so I put that to the side as well. So I have ended up on WWF Vengeance 2001, which is post-invasion and is the pay-per-view where they unify the World Heavyweight and the WWF titles. Um, nice. And a sort of mini tournament between Austin, Angle, Rock and Jericho. Nice. Um, but if you like, I'll, I'll go through the card. Go for it. See if I can get you up for it. Uh, so we kick off with Albert and Scotty Too Hotty versus Christian and Test. I'm in. So we could be Team Canada there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Albert and Scotty Too Hotty, there's a pair. <laughs> um, Edge versus William Regal for the Intercontinental title. Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Special referee Lita. Heaved. A tag team title match. Dudley Boys versus the Kane. The Kane and the Big Show. <laughs> okay. A hardcore title match. RVD versus Undertaker. Oh, wow. That feels weird, but okay. It, it does. A Trish versus Jackie for the women's title. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the heavyweight title tournament. Okay. Yeah, it's it's one I've always wanted to go back and watch the show with that tournament because I've definitely seen it, but I've seen it a very, very long time ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever went back on the network and watched it. I think it's pre-network the last time I saw it. So, yeah, I'm I'm enthusiastic for that. Yeah, let's let's do that. We'll, we'll see what it's like. Um, uh, I'm quite. I don't like to use that word. I was going to say I'm quite triggered. I, I get annoyed by the whole like we'll we'll pick him because nobody. Will, it's the um, what's the Survivor series when Austin gets hit by the car? Ninety nine. Yeah, I think so. That's supposed to be Austin. Is it Austin Rockin? Was it Austin Triple H and Mankind? No. Um, I can't Austin remember. Austin and Triple H. Anyway, they obviously they put Big Show in it in the match and Big Show ends up winning it and it was like well nobody thought it would happen it's, mm-hmm. like, it's always the Pritchard um, reason for doing things and yeah. I just I hate that and that's what they said about Jericho with this but um, I've got to give it a, a chance because I, yeah. I, we, I think we both appreciate Jericho in, in certain uh, points of his career and I think 2001 is mm-hmm. probably a good I, I think it's one of those. I I remember being, I think, outraged that like Austin didn't win it or something like that at the time, and then you sort of Amazing. look back now, being a proper adult, and be like, well, did did he didn't need that? You could elevate a guy by doing this. You know, this guy could play off this for a career. You know, so it made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I do remember not being a fan of the creative decision when I was young. I'd <laughs> be interested to see how you react to it now. Yeah. I think um, oh, we could speak about it. I'm sure Angle said on his podcast that he was told he was winning it up until like two days he did say that, before yeah. or something. Eh? Yeah. Funny. Classic <laughs> Vince. Yep. Cool. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into all of that um, in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Right, well, thanks for that. Um, I apologise that you picked such a shit pay-per-view, but I, I hope to try and improve on it. Yeah, you you'll you'll set it right. This will be all good. We'll see. I might change my mind. Uh, well, <laughs> it's locked in now. It is decided. Awesome. Right. We shall speak in two weeks. Until then, take it easy. You Outlaw, too. Our band of outlaws, take it easy. And if you're Canadian, we're sorry if we insulted you. 
we know that you're nice. Thank you kindly. Bye-bye.